how's it going, guys? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. Uh, welcome to podcast number two of Plains People. This is uh, June 24th of 2018. We're talking to Bill Lucas. Bill Lucas, if you guys have not met him, uh, he taught at Fargo Public Schools for many, many years, and right now he's uh, working in different plays. He'll be all over town on the stage. Just an all-around awesome guy, and I was really excited to talk to him. He's actually my drama teacher when I was in ninth grade, so he's you know, partly responsible for me being such a weirdo, maybe. Who knows? All right, so here's the conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and this is Bill Lucas on Plains People. No, it's fine. We can I guess edit. I'm not running for office. That's or okay. He can well, edit maybe it. I should. I it's so funny. With it. So funny you said that. Let me tell you a funny joke my dad said, who is notoriously a horrible person. Um, <laughs> he, we're talking about our our president, and he goes, "Damn Trump, he's so racist." And I looked at him and he goes. Hey, I'm racist too, but I, at least I'm not running for president. Or at least I'm not president. Yeah, because well, <laughs> you know, yeah, my, my dad was racist. I mean, I love my dad, whatever he passed away when I was 30. Yeah. But when I was growing up, I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Kentucky and I'm, I'm sorry. My father was a racist. Yeah. Um, but he would have probably said the same thing. But, well, <laughs> I'm like, not running when, for office. Well, so. it's like when Nixon was being, you know, they were going to impeach him and kick him out of office. My dad was like, I voted for Nixon. I don't care that he's a crook. At least I know he's a crook. It's the ones I don't know that are crooks. I don't know my presence. Quiet, guys. So it's like, if I know they're crooks, at least I know it. Uh, okay. I'm, you answered it before I could even ask it. So you grew up in Kentucky? Yep, I grew up in northern Kentucky in a little county called Boone County. Boone That's why county. Daniel Boone is so important. Oh, wow. So Boone County, Kentucky. And um, I lived there until I went to college in Marietta, Ohio. That, it's such a stereotypical small county name. Boone County. Oh, sure. Daniel Boone. Yeah. Right, right next to Simon Kenton, <laughs> Simon Kenton and Daniel Boone, they were just amazing young men. And actually, Simon Kenton, he was an amazing man because he thought he killed a guy. And that's why he took off running. <laughs> he liked his girl and he thought he killed her boyfriend. So he went off in the woods for like 10 years and didn't know what happened. Jeez. And only I found that out was because our teacher made us read a book called The Frontiersman. If you ever get a chance, it's a great book. It's a good one. It's about Simon Kenton because growing up in Boone County, all we ever heard of was Daniel Boone. Yeah. He was, but, but not... Simon Kenton did a lot more cool shit than Daniel Boone ever did. Well, it's good to know. Yeah. It, well, it is. It's, uh, it's so funny because I still remember the book was 721 damn pages long. And as a senior, it's like, I ain't reading that thing. Yeah. And then it started getting good, and so I read it. But he did some wicked, wicked shit. Yeah, geez. I, uh, I, I can't really go through. What are those books that aren't comic books, those normal word books? I can't even work through them. I, I need my I, pictures. I think it's called a novel. A novel? Yeah. Yeah, I can't really well, work through Well, that's okay. You and Trump got something in common. Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, but I'm not running for president. Yeah, again. But, so. but I, think, I think he prefers more of a pop-up. Yeah, but, a pop-up book. Pop-up or book. the ones that have the... Uh, the, uh, the, oh, the yeah, fold-outs. The fold-outs. Yeah, he likes those fold-out well, books. Probably not those because he can't try to pay them enough to get them into bed. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was going to try to maybe get to politics if we have the chance we've already dabbled into it, so that's hilarious. Uh, but let's stick with, uh, besides being a notorious racist, what else were your parents, what were your parents like? Did uh, they, what my, did they do growing up? Uh, my father was in World War Two. Okay. He was... Uh, um, oh, yeah, you're one of those tailors. Yep, he was a tail gunner. And he flew, I think it was 21 missions over Germany. And the, the, the Air Force troop he was in, that 21 bombing missions, 
Only 70% came back every time. Jeez. And he came back every time. So he was part of a 30%, 20, what, 21, 21 times? times. Jeez. And, and we've got the uh, the flights on a, a silk uh, handkerchief, not handkerchief, yeah. but... Whatever. Yeah, handkerchief, yeah. whatever. Yeah, handkerchief. And they yeah. wrote them in silk on where it was. Wow. Every flight, the date, what area they bombed, um, and... Uh, my dad never once talked about the war. Never well, would say yeah. a word. I heard the stories, the three stories I got from him from my mom, where uh, when a plane was landing, they had to drop the bottom off of the plane, like a plexiglass something, and they were trying to land, it wouldn't drop off. It wouldn't drop so off. They had to land, land that thing hanging Yeah, and when it landed, it was at night, they couldn't see, and the plane was going and going and stopped. And when they got out of the plane, the front was over a precipice, and it was that part that didn't come off. So it's the part that, to, that was supposed to come, come off, off to save them. and save them. Save wow. Them. Yeah. And then uh, one flight, my dad was a big golfer, loved to play golf. Mm -hmm. So they were based out of Scotland, and uh, they would trade missions all the uh -huh. time. And so one night, my dad traded a mission because he wanted to play around the golf in Scotland. Mm -hmm. And the guy, on the way back, the plane crashed into a tree. And the only person killed was the person sitting on my dad's tail gunner seat. Jeez. So, talk talk I, about all those weird butterfly effects that have all these dangerous missions. Yeah. You wouldn't even been born. Wouldn't even have been around. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the third insane. one, which is my most amazing, is I was in, I still remember I was about nine or ten and we were cleaning out our garage. And um, I looked over and there was this painting. And it was like, it looked like a guy in a spacesuit hanging out of something. And there was a little yellow something that had Hamburg written on it. Hamburg? Hamburg. And so I said, yeah, what's this? Put it away. Doesn't matter. Like, Ooh, my bad. So about 10 years later, uh, I saw it again. I said, Mom, you know, what was that? Well, my father was also an artist. Mm -hmm. He came back from the war with the GI Bill. He got his art degree. And um, so they were doing a bombing mission over Hamburg, and one of the bombs didn't fall. Jeez. And my dad went to the back to kick it loose, to kick it out of the plane so it didn't explode. When he kicked it loose, he slipped out of the plane and caught himself. Oh, my God. And when he God. was about ready to fall, some guy grabbed him and pulled him back in the And plane. that's what that was. And that was his painting of it to try and deal with. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, dealing so, with trauma yeah. with painting, which so, I heard a lot of people after World War II did. Yeah, yeah, it was. But so he dealt or with any. that. And then my mom... Uh, she grew up during World War II also, the Depression and stuff also. She actually had uh, a fiancé that was killed over there, and she got back a letter from him that had gone through like six different places during the war, rewrapped him, and then it came back to yeah, her. Go to France, go been, to this place, go to this place, killed. and him. And then wow. she ended up becoming a teacher, and they met, I don't know, when she was in her early 20s, something. Early 20s? Yeah, and you said you were in your, you said earlier you were in your 30s when your dad passed? Actually, my dad died twice. Oh, uh, wow. When I was, once on my 30th birthday. Yeah. And once, uh, what was it, March, April, May, three months later. Jeez. Well, you know, I'm surprised with all these stories that he only died twice, though. So. I know. Well, it's, you know, I figured we could have done it more. And the reason was because we had no damn cell phones. Yeah. Well, what happened Jeez. was, yeah, my dad was really in bad health from smoking. and had emphysema. And uh, so he had been having problems. And I got a call. I was directing a play at Ben mm -hmm. Franklin. Mm -hmm. And I got a call. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They called me up. And it was my sister. And she said, Billy. Also, if I say Billy, that's Kentucky. I become Billy as soon as I cross. As soon as you get as soon as over to Kentucky, Kentucky you're Billy. Yeah, up here I'm Bill, Luke, yeah. Mr. Lucas, Jerkbag, whatever yeah, you want to call bag. me. Yeah, it was um, 
But so my sister called and said, Billy, you know, we took brought Dad to the house, but he just passed away. I said, Oh, okay, all right. And so I hung up, went back to my rehearsal, and said, Guys, you know, my dad just passed away. I'm gonna head home. So that was about four, about nine o'clock that night. I get a call. Uh, Billy, Dad's alive. What? <laughs> well, you got to think about this. Was a time with no cell phones. Yeah. They go in the hospital. Dad coded. Mm-hmm. Him and Mom had a thing on. We're not going to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the doctor said, "Do you want it?" And she goes, "No." So as soon as my sister heard that, she's like, "I gotta tell Billy. I gotta let Billy know that Dad's passed so away." She so ran. she took off and then also the phone. Beep beep beep. And the, and the doctor said, "Well, no, we don't mean he'd come back as a vegetable. We mean he'd be like he was before." She goes, "Well, of course, well, do that." Then why is that yeah, even an option? Right. Jump so, right on it. So they did it. Well, then my sister came back and she was so excited that my dad was dead. They never thought to call me. So I get the call nine o'clock that night. Oh, by the way, Dad's alive. So that Jeez. was freaky. And then in June, while I was teaching out at Trollwood, I had two classes, a 9 o'clock and a 10.30 class, and I got the call at 5 in the morning that my dad died. Wow. So I went to Trollwood and taught two classes and then drove to Kentucky. Did you call your sister like... <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Wait, so, is, <laughs> is, is he really dead? Or is it just kind of... Just, is, is did just, he leave the room right away? Yeah. Again? Yeah. <laughs> did you take a mirror to his mouth? You know, whatever. Oh, wow. So that was... But that was when I was 30. Okay, that was when you were 30. And then what brought you to this area? I hope there's two reasons a man moves. Okay. Uh, women and work. There you go. See, everybody know. knows there's, it. Well, the two I moved for. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Every time this is why you move, I just said there's two reasons. Yeah. I've never had someone miss it yet. Well, honestly, I moved back from Seattle because of health reasons. I didn't have any, but that was the other one. But uh, even when I say that, people go, because yeah. you're... Because of health, yeah. like well, well, I didn't have insurance, and so I figured I if I was going to be in massive pain, I should at least be by exactly. my family. Right, exactly. That they didn't have insurance either. Yeah, make them miserable too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I, uh, I when I went to college, I uh, met a young lady that was a senior when I was a freshman, and she talked me into going to a folk dance class. Oh. And it's like, I don't dance. I'm not she going must to have been good looking if you're going to be talking to a full yeah, dance class. Well, she was also a senior as a freshman. Yeah, so, so you're like, going to listen. Yeah, I'm telling my friend. Yeah, I was all a senior tonight. Yeah, we were, whatever. But so I thought, I'm not going to hate to dance, but I went with her anyway. And so ended up, four years later, I'm president of the folk dance club. <laughs> I'm going to folk dance um, camps in the summer. Jeez. And I, got to, I went to four in a row. And the fifth folk dance camp I went to, I met... Uh, Tucker and Brianna's mom. Okay. And she was from Moorhead, Minnesota. Yeah. She was in a folk dance group there. The folk dance camp was in Moorhead, Kentucky. And so, <laughs> so you're both from so that's you're both where, in Moorhead. Yeah, <laughs> so that's where we met and I'd met her for a week and a lot of dancing and just sparks flying and after she went home, I had just finished my first uh, full time acting contract. Yeah. I had a nine month contract and I was getting ready to head to California and I called her up and I said, You know, you didn't happen to forget something like a fiancé or a boyfriend during this week when we were talking. Yeah, when you're not, yeah. and yeah. she said, no. I said, so you're not seeing him? She goes, no. I said, what do you think if I move up there? Sure, that'd be great. Jeez, talk about a so, leap. So, yeah, I sold everything I owned, had an auction, and moved up here with a Monte Carlo, a $500 check, and a stereo. Wow. <laughs> uh, then I got to rewind because okay. I wanted to get into what got you into performing. So I guess that was before you came up here then. Yeah. yeah. So so were you performing in high school? Uh, I was a star in high school. Oh, wow. We well, had rub all, it in. We all, weren't. Well, all we had were senior plays okay. in Kentucky, and it was directed by an English teacher. I was a statue. Yes, <laughs> I was a statue in my senior play, and I'm pretty proud of that. Back when you still had a full head of hair, though, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still remember. I was like, I'm a statue in a goddamn play. 
play. So that was it. But then what got me into performing was I went to a small college to a play football. statue. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to move, talk, anything? No. I just was. And I was, a, I was a football player statue, which was, I, I don't remember. It was a weird show, but whatever. <laughs> but I, I went to college. And I went to a small college to play football. That's the only reason I went to college. I would have done something else. And it was a small college where they had you fill out interests. Mm-hmm. And then they pick your classes for Weird. you. Weird. And so it was cool because I thought the same thing. But then I got there as a freshman. I started football. I got there early because of football practice. And then my first meeting was with my advisor, happened to be the head of the theater department. And they had me signed up for two classes. And he was like, looked at me like, oh, you're a football player. Well, I get to practice. One of our captains is a theater major. Yeah. And another one does something else. And so I thought, well, this is cool. And so in the fall, I played football and took drama classes. But in the spring, I would do plays. Yeah. And then do drama classes along with everything else. So you're searching football and plays. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so I started in theater, and I fell in love with children's theater. I mm. love performing, not with kids. Yeah, yeah, I know. Performing for, for kids. kids. And then, and that was my first job. After I graduated, my football coach had a teaching contract with a coaching job ready for me, and I was getting ready to sign the contract. So there's your crossroads yep. of coaching or plays. Exactly. When well, I had it. I was going to sign the contract to coach and teach, and I, there were trials for a children's show. But I think I'll try out for it. And I went and tried out. And they called me up and they said, we can only give you the part-time gig, which is nights and weekends. But and that, it was a forever, it was a multiple gig, though. Yeah, but it was, it would only been like maybe three or four shows a month. Oh, okay. Because, you know, the, the full-time was every day, two shows a day, five days a week. Jeez. And I said to him, I said, I got to be full-time or I can't do it. I, I could believe yeah. I said that, but I did. They called me back up and they said, we want to hire you. And I was like, shit, I didn't think they would hire me. <laughs> I was now now I gotta call yeah, my dude. coach and say I'm not taking the job. And it was the brokest I've ever been, but the most fun. Nine months performing ten shows a week. Jeez. Three different shows. Ten shows a week. Yeah, two a day. We would wow. go to elementaries, middle schools, high schools, colleges, um, just all places and perform and three different shows. Holders had this right out of high school, like eighteen, nineteen. Was when you got this gig? Oh, no, no, no. I was right, right at college. Oh, right after college. Yeah, I was okay. 22. Yeah. Okay, wow. And then this was a little bit before the folk dancing or around the same well, time? Well, what happened was right, I, did all the right folk, the... I did all the folk dance workshops in the summers during college. Yeah. And then I did the uh, play, the, the professional theater, for a year. And then that summer, because we finished up when school was over, that summer I went to the... Um, Folk dance camp is going to be the last one I go to because yeah. my buddy and I were going to go to California like every 22-year-old kid and become famous and, yeah, and of course. everything else. Yeah. So I go to this folk dance camp. I meet her. I'm like, shit. And then you do I go there. to California with my buddy or do I a hot chick? I come up and yeah. meet her. And so I, like, I, know what the pl- I know what theater is. Yeah. I don't know what could happen with her. Yeah. So I decided to move up here. And, well, uh, I, I just, I mean, honestly, I would have taken that choice between the other hardest thing to pull off, which is well, except, Hollywood. Except but, for the fact when you're a 20-year-old kid, you think you're... I mean, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, and I was nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's surprising that a woman that was attractive even would look at me. Was, I'm shocked <laughs> at that, you know? Well, but, uh, you're so, shocked enough to travel all the way up here. Yeah, to, and, I mean, and I've always done... I mean, I'm the baby of the family. Yeah. So no one would have thought I'd be the one to move. It's like, oh, Billy's going to stay home with mom and then dad. Yeah. But my sister stayed home, my brother stayed home, and I'm the one that's been, you know, halfway around the world and done all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to say shit, right? It's a podcast. You're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, we don't you know what? Care. I told you to quit fucking cussing in front of me. It, <laughs> it fucking annoys me. 
Because I know that you were thinking cussing fucking cuss words when I was teaching you. Oh, I always was. I remember the first, one of the first, like, actual conversations me and you had when you were still my teacher. I don't, because I was doing cocaine at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. It was being laced with heroin, but that's all right. Yeah, well. Okay, first time uh, you had a conversation. uh, Other than just teaching, teaching. Because yeah, uh, when I first started your class, I had a mohawk that was probably about 10 to yeah. 11 inches high. I remember. Yeah, I know you do. And uh, you said to me, you're like, you know, the first day you walked in, I thought, what did I get myself into? And then turns out you're not the worst student ever. That was the first thing oh, you... Is that what I said? Yeah, you That's said... amazing. You said, the, yeah, you thought, That's what did I get myself yeah. into? And my first thought was, this is a theater, and this is the first mohawk you taught? Yeah. I, I feel bad about this school. They yeah. got to work on their no, punks. No, no, I'm surprised I told you the truth. I normally lie to kids and act like I like them. I assumed that, that was, was a lie sad, to so. make me feel like you like me. Yeah, that's but, all uh, right. That's okay. But, all right, before uh, we make it all about me, which it eventually will become... Um, Let's jump back. So, where are we now in the timeline? You just moved up here. I just moved up here. For your future lady lady. Yep, my son, yeah. Tucker and Brianna. Yeah. Um, funny story about Tucker's name. We can do that later, too. But I, <laughs> we'll get I met his uh, their mother. Her name is Marie McDonald. Her father was actually a principal in the Fargo school system. Wow. And she, at the time when I met her, she was like a youth minister for St. Joseph's Church. And I just moved up here, had no job, had nothing. Nothing. And um, I, uh, that was when gaming kind of first started. Like, first, first started. Yeah. Back You're talking 1983, 84. Yeah, I was going to okay, say four. Well, and that's where I had to lie to get a job, because I had no job. <laughs> well, yeah, like, first jobs, you always have to lie to well, get a job. Well, but for this, I, the, I mean, I've never dealt blackjack before. And so <laughs> I'm supposed to deal blackjack for my job. And they said, have you ever dealt blackjack? And I said, uh... Well, yeah, meaning with friends. I said, yeah, a little bit. And then they said, have you ever used a shoe? I didn't know what a shoe was. I said, no, we don't use a shoe where I don't. Yeah, no, we just, yeah, we, we go with shoeless. I, I, yeah, I didn't we know call that, it barefoot blackjack exactly, down there. I didn't know what a shoe was. And then they said, well, you know, around here, uh, even no matter how much you know, you have to go to class before you can deal. And inside, I'm going, look, yeah, thank you. And I was like, well, you know, if I got, if I have to, all right, I'll yeah. do that first. I'm already on and the best. And I was best. like, thank God. And so we had to have, like, 40 hours on the table of being taught. And our class, there were five of us, and seriously, all of us were really good, picked it up quick. We were done with everything they wanted in 20 hours. Wow. And so then they hired me to teach blackjack dealers. Jeez. So I, so I had. <laughs> so you went I from not knowing anything, not knowing anything teaching to teaching blackjack in 20 some hours. Jeez. Of, uh, doing, and same time I was dealing blackjack. But I guess that happened with a lot of things you did because you were always a teacher. So you you dabbled in football or dabbled. But, uh, you, then, and then you almost coached. Well, and I, then you. Yeah. And after I taught, blackjack taught it. Yeah. Right. And that's it is. If you're. It, I mean, yeah, you can learn skills, but it's just like some people are born salespersons. Yeah. They can sell anything. They, mm-hmm. they understand sales. Well, I think if you're a teacher, I always said to people, they would always say, you know, what do you teach? And I'd say kids. Yeah. And they go, what? I'd say, I teach kids. And they say, what subject? I said, oh, I use drama to teach kids. I use English to teach kids. Yeah. If I studied science, I'd use science to teach kids. Yeah. You know, and the salesperson the same way. So football, that's why I think I enjoy that. I coached that for... Three years at Ben Franklin and three years at Discovery because it's teaching. I didn't know you coached that at all, but yeah. that was probably way before I came in. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember who the coaches were. I was never really the sports guy. Yeah. Mostly, honestly, mostly because my mom could never afford the mm-hmm. $30, $40 pads no, or whatever to get you. into it. So I never really got. But, you know, it was me and six kids were tossing around footballs and 
tackling each other yeah. in the back. And none of those guys yeah. had enough money to actually yeah. play in the team. Right. There you go. But yeah, so it was like Sandlot, but none of us were, I don't you know. You probably had more fun. Yeah, no, we had plenty <laughs> yeah. of fun. But tackling is. somebody without pads is way better than with pads, hey, I tell you. Rugby. Rugby's yeah. there to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched that once at a bar, and I was like, how come no one watches that here? I got it. it totally they, were playing, they were playing rugby in a bar? Yeah. In, a uh, in, uh, Those, were they like over the bar stools? Yeah. Or, yep. Wow. Yep. I see what you just did bar. to what I said. That's pretty impressive. Uh, in a TV, it was a television set that it was uh, broadcasting something from oh, the Oh, so you watched rugby on TV yeah, in a bar. Yeah, in a bar. All right. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Glad you had someone as an English teacher. That's all right. <laughs> well, it wasn't you. Uh, who I, I know. No, it was Midgard. Ninth grade oh, was Midgard. He's probably the best teacher. He is probably the best I teacher I've ever had. He's a cool um, guy. And I had tact too, but I still yeah. like. And still like, Midgard. Awesome is he? Guy. He's still. Uh, nope. He retired from teaching. Did about he? Three or four years ago. Jeez, I remember when he was supposed to retire my first year. Really. And then it was further and further and further, huh. and then it, all of, then when ninth grade moved yeah. over to uh, uh, North. North High, yeah. he, he followed. Him. Yeah. And every I used to I used to spend my free period going and bugging him oh, every okay. single day when I was yeah. in high school because he taught me how to tie a tie. I still tie ties. I still wear ties all the time. Yeah. But you know he would wear one every day, yeah. even business casual Friday. Yeah. yeah. But uh, my but, uh, my geometry teacher taught me how to tie a tie. Really? I think it must be a thing about teachers. I guess dads don't do that shit anymore. No. Whatever. Well, like I didn't really dads. know mine. <laughs> so, That's our problem. Uh, um, my mine actually my dad wore a tie for his first time ever at my wedding. So that's why he didn't teach me how to tie a tie. Okay. At his own wedding, he wore a sweater because that's because there are sleeves, so it's fancy for Word, him. That's pretty snazzy, I'm thinking. <laughs> but uh, all right, so where are we? So you're uh, now I'm teaching blackjack. Teaching blackjack, and I was dealing for about two years, and we would literally—I mean, you talk about your brain getting fried, mm. you know? Because again, you don't add the numbers you just it's almost like learning your times tables yeah i'd see two cars and i'd know a number and see it no and so you would do that eight ten hours Jeez. a day and it would be so, so monotonous because yeah. it's the same thing over and over right. and over again and so we would uh we would start at four in the afternoon teach and deal or be finished dealing by one and then all of us would go out and party till about six jesus and then we go to sleep and then we get up at about three <laughs> yeah. and get our clothes on and go back and deal. Jeez, like that was a... about two years. And for a while, Tucker and Brianna's mom was also a dealer. Wow. And then I blackjack got, dealer. Yeah, blackjack dealer. You know. And then I got just I just got so tired of that kind of life. I thought I got to try something else. So I uh, applied or I went and taught sold cars for a while, which I would never do again. But it's a great education. Um, and then I uh, applied for a job at St. Luke's Hospital, and they were going to give it to me. And they said, you're great for the job. And I think it was because it was working. What was the job? It was working in the psych ward. Oh, which, well, yeah, perfect. Which probably thought yeah. I was good for it. Yeah. Um, but I also went and applied for the job at Ben Franklin. And they told me that I was, they were going to put a one-month freeze and then hire me at St. Luke's. And I went to Fargo Public Schools, and the next day they hired me. Wow, and that's so how desperate I, they I were. wouldn't have gone except for that. So, so what degree did you get from college in Kentucky then? Depends on uh, from Marietta College in Ohio. Depends on what oh, state Ohio, I'm in. Sorry. My teaching degree in Ohio, I have a triple major: okay. drama, speech, English. But if it's in other states, they put speech and drama together and English. So, I when I graduated, I had an education degree mm -hmm. and a degree in speech and drama and a degree in English. Okay, and that's. So I'm glad you actually finally found a teaching because wasting that on a freaking blackjack. But I'm sure you knew when you were getting into that that it was temporary. No, that, yeah, that was just because I wanted to pay bills. And I got married 
Let's see, I moved up here in September of 82, and we got married in April of 83. Jeez. Yeah. Talk about the fast track. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't, my lady wasn't comfortable with me sleeping over the full night until, like, month two. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, so we, that was pretty quick. You weren't even dating until we were yeah. dating for two months. Yeah. So, that was yeah. when she finally called me her boyfriend. There you so, go. yeah, you guys moved on fast. Real then. fast, yep. Just then, from a that, was your folk dancing that good? You could just folk dance it. Mine up. was no. Actually, <laughs> she's a better folk dancer. I just was able to fake it pretty well. Yeah, you so, you use your charisma to get through everything. Yeah. Well, it's funny when our in um, in uh, college when I was in charge of the folk dance group. I think she just wanted me to because I played football, so she could introduce a guy in folk dance. He's also a football he's player. Also, see, yeah. it's not weird. But we had. But it was funny because there were four guys. A lot of times, a lot of dances from different countries. Are always based in like four couples, and there was me in theater. There's another guy who was an economics major. One was petroleum engineering, and one was math. See, yours makes more sense. Well, but the funny part <laughs> was is the way she would teach us, where I learned how to uh, adjust her teaching. She would say to one, she'd say, "Matt, I need you to move uh, ten steps this direction, and then ten steps that." So he would do it, and she'd tell the math guy. I need you to make a 45 degree angle up and do that. She'd tell the petroleum engineering guy, yes. all they said, and she'd go, and my nickname was Kentucky in college. And she said, Kentucky, get from here to there. And that was it. That was it. And yeah. I just would move and go and I So what you're saying is, yeah, is you, adjust, you adjust how you teach for the students and yeah. you don't want them to adjust for you. Exactly. Period. She adjusted yeah. for us. That was the first time I ever saw a teacher adjust how you learn, find out someone's learning style. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of one thing I took with me. Yeah, no, that's best. a good lesson, too. Did my best to try. Yeah. And so when did you start at Ben? I started at Ben in 19, the fall of 84. 84. Because Tucker was born April of 85. Wow. 84. So that's, yeah, so that was one of my, that's actually the year my brother was born was 85, too. So okay. you started in 84. I just do, mm-hmm. you know, weird yeah. things. And I, he's four years older. So Tucker been four years older than me, too, then. Yep. Uh, wow, I didn't know I was. We were that close. Yeah, and yep, Ben. Yep, I thought he was already out of high school by the time I even. Mm, I don't think so. Ben. No, I don't think so. No, um, but uh, but then again, I, I was a year behind, so uh, we would have been five grades apart yeah. instead of four grades apart. Right. And my brother didn't even make it out of freshman year of high school. Okay. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, Brianna would have been a couple years ahead. He was. He was. Brianna was with my sister Maddie. Okay. okay. We're in the same because I remember Brianna. Before I ever met you, I met her from right. going to like birthday parties and sure. stuff with my sister, uh-huh. and then you know just in and out of the theater stuff when I was in high school, sure. a little bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's Brianna. Yes. Um, Actually, she's now teaching theater in college at uh, Arkansas State University. Uh, wow. She's got her first she's job. All the way I thought she was still in town. I guess not. Nope. Wow. She went for grad school down in Virginia, and from grad school, she went to Arkansas. Wow. Arkansas. Yeah. What's, or do they say Arkansas? I don't know how they're No, to they say Arkansas. <laughs> I just always thought it was weird they would say it that way, but... <laughs> It's our English language. It's screwed up. Yeah, we well, stole from every country in the world. We don't have our own yeah, we language. Don't know. That's why I love when people say, you should speak English. No, that'd be British. Yeah. We speak a language that was stolen from every language yeah, every. in the world. Well, that's the thing. We take pride in being a melting pot, but as soon as somebody oh, yeah. acts proud oh. of their culture, oh. we're like, no. That's right. You have to share cultures, not be proud of your own. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I had somebody say one time that made a lot of sense to me, was we're not a melting pot, we're a tossed salad. Mm. And I like—I think that is a bit because yeah, it is. I like that. I more. mean, I still because well, people we're still don't a melt. Salad, so we're, we're still a mel- Americans, but I just have no problem with people having their own thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's—it's it's like everything else. I just, oh God, it's weird that why 
I understand being afraid of something different. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's human nature. Yeah. You don't know something, you're afraid of it. It's whatever. Um, but you can always get to learn that but, thing. But if you're no not going really. to try and learn it, yeah. and, then, you know, and then once you learn it, um, I mean, I'm still afraid of ghosts. I don't care whether you know them or not. They yeah. scared the shit out of me. Yeah. They always have axes. And how does a ghost hold a freaking axe? <laughs> I don't know. They're nothing. It's just air, but they can hold that damn axe yeah. and chop you with it. Because if it was a ghost axe, it wouldn't hurt you. So who gives a shit? So it's got to be a real axe. It's got to be a real axe. It doesn't have that's gloves bullshit. or something. That's not fair. Maybe it's the stick. Maybe it's just a head that's real. No, I don't think the head's even real. I think because they got to hold it, and I don't think it's fair. Okay, okay. Um, before we go, um, we can talk about uh, how horrible nationalism is later. Uh, let's jump over to uh, Ben Franklin. So how, yep. how many years were you there? Uh, by the time I was out of high school, right. I think you were done there. Okay, well, what happened was I taught for Fargo School 29 years. And so I started at Ben Franklin in 84 Yeah. and taught there around 12 years. And then Discovery opened. Okay. And so I went to, because I wanted to get out of theater for a while, just take a break. And, and so go where? I went to Dis nope. I went to Discovery to work in the ILC, because I loved working with kids at risk. Yeah. And yeah. I did. And so in ILC, I had to teach almost every subject, mm -hmm. but it wasn't teaching more help with it, and I really enjoyed that. For well, like you got that one-on-one, -on -one too, yeah. which is so yeah. much better. But and that's what, I had a lot of classes like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. It was tough, though. It was hard because, and it wasn't that the kids were that hard it was that they'd been taught to believe that they couldn't do it mm -hmm. and so they found out that the easier it was just say i don't know and teachers would let it happen yeah so and it's like and that's why they get pissed off at me it's like there, I, I said no you can do it Let's there was something i remember thinking at a young age of of when you don't know a word when you're reading out loud like let's say you're reading a chapter of whatever book it is all the way back in whatever second grade and it's a t if a kid gets to a word they don't know whatever the word is i remember there would be somebody who'd be like, they'll get to the word, let's just say principal. And they wouldn't be able to say it, and they'll stop, and the teacher would say principal. Yep. And then some people would jump right to the next word yeah. and not even learn principal. Yeah, exactly. And other people would immediately say it. And I had one teacher in second grade who wouldn't let that happen. And I even remember thinking in second grade, like, yeah, yeah. we got to learn that word That's that exactly you won't let right. us skip. Yeah. And I remember thinking that. So then I always would repeat it. And then all the way up to high school, there would still be people who wouldn't repeat it. And I would think, yeah. like, come on, yeah. random English well, teacher. That's right. Well, do you know what? what is the average wait time when a teacher asks a kid a question in class? Oh, God, I don't know. What is the average? How long will a teacher wait before? Five seconds. Two. Two seconds? The average wait time in a teacher is two seconds. If the kid doesn't answer in two seconds, they move on to another student. Wow. Now, that was another way where I changed my teaching style. And I'm going to take more than two seconds just because I to am. To think of it. Right. Yeah. So what I did, and, uh, and this didn't happen because I was at, you know, Ben for that, and then I went to Discovery and worked one-on-one. Then I, then I came back to uh, Ben Franklin for another six or seven years. And then uh, through this time, I ended up getting divorced from Tucker and Brianna's mom. Okay. And the woman that I met and married, uh, she wanted to live in Florida. So I moved to Florida and tried to teach down there. And this is the part that's where I get serious about teaching. Um, I truly say I tried to teach because I went there and failed miserably. Really? I had a major breakdown. Wow. I, was, I couldn't take it. I lasted in the classroom maybe three weeks. Jeez. I terrible breakdown. I basically curled up, was it and crying. What got you? Just new environment, or the um, kids? The kids can't be that different. They're still oh, kids, yeah. right? No, that's oh, what really? I thought. Oh wow! I really did. I mean, I thought because I mean, again, I felt pretty 
full of myself. I, mm-hmm. I teach it, whatever, it whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, sometime when we have a podcast for two hours, it's it's nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that happened down there, I'll, I'll give you one. Give, yeah, one. give me one. And I'm not exaggerating at all. I'm teaching a ninth grade class that has kids that are ninth, tenth, and eleventh in it, but it's ninth grade. Yeah. All right. A young lady walked into my class and she's talking to two male students and we're this close to each other Mm -hmm. and I can tell the male saying something to her saying something saying something and she just says Jerry why am I gonna fuck you when I wouldn't even blow your boyfriend last night (laughs) and I'm like I I, I really did she just say that in front of me ninth grade class too and I was like and uh and also, I'm, that's a good burn, too. And I'm not... Yeah, it was. <laughs> so you got to give her that, But I'm th- You remember, I'm thinking Fargo, North Dakota, mm-hmm. where I get pissed off if a kid said, Dad, nab it, damn, you yeah. go, you know? Yeah. I mean, and she and she just said it like regular conversation. Kids would come in and out at all times. Uh, like I said, it could go forever. But that was... And those were some of the better kids. And <laughs> the reading, uh, the below reading level in my yeah. school... Was over seventy percent. Jeez. That were below reading level. Wow. The Fargo average is eight percent. Wow. So it's just so basically, like I said, I have no problem admitting because I said some of our biggest failures make our biz- biggest successes. I failed miserably. Leave it to the I, people who came up in that I, area who can do yeah, it. But you flipping over I just was couldn't just do hard. It. Well, wow. there, were, there were two types of teachers there, and I, I'll just say it. Ones that didn't care, they would literally just walk in. Yeah, and then ones who were, and the other ones that were just so hardcore, they came out of the military and they'd just shoot you in the face. So then, but so anyway, so I left there and came back, um, and I taught back at Ben. That's when I taught, and this is probably some of the stuff I'm happiest with was Read One Eighty. Okay, and that's a class, a reading class based for kids that read below grade level but are Mm -hmm. not on any IEPs or anything. They're just quote-unquote normal students who read below grade level. Yeah. And once I saw what it was doing, I literally would talk to my kids and I would say, do you realize that you guys are the smartest kids in this school? And they go, no, no, we're failing. I said, no, 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 you can't read. And they're like, well, I said, you can't read. You've got to eighth grade and you can't read. Yeah. Guess what? When we get your reading up, and, the, oh, whatever, and this program worked, and I busted my tail for six years. But I would have kids come back from high school going, Miss Lucas, I'm on the honor roll. Miss Lucas, high school's simple. I said, no, it's not. Because you read it simple. Yeah, they've been chopping they've, trees without an axe. Yes. And then you guys gave them an axe. Exactly. So they're going Actually, way we, better than the guys who had axes. No, we gave them a chainsaw. Yeah, there they you go. They had a chainsaw, but they never started it. So yeah, they were just trying to get it. I showed them how to start the damn chainsaw. That's awesome. And the coolest part, but that was where I did the wait time. Mm-hmm. What I did in my classroom, and I thought, you know what, this is more important than learning anything. So if I ask a kid a question, the only thing they could not say is, I don't know. Yeah. They had to give me they an answer. They could say anything. They could say anything yeah. as long as it wouldn't pervert. Like if I said, okay, um, we're dealing with this story about snakes, uh, what type of snake was it? And they say, raccoon. A French poodle! Yeah. <laughs> and I would go, and I would always, I would go, well, you know, it really wasn't. They'd all kind of snicker, and, and people think they're going to be that way. Guess what? They do that for about two or three days. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't get pissed at them, they do that. Well, then, the fun part, though, is when, when I would say, you know, Mark, what do you think? And you wouldn't say anything. I'd sit there. Just wait. And I would just wait. Yeah. You want to talk about, I can wait out any kid. And the longest <laughs> I checked on was I waited a minute and You're ten like, seconds. Kid, I'm being paid. Yeah. You're it was, not. It was a minute <laughs> and ten like... seconds. And he, wow. was, he finally said something. And it was the wrong answer. But what I wanted to find out was... Giving any kind of an answer shows you're listening and you're trying. Mm-hmm. And after about a week of that, 
they knew they couldn't not answer. And yeah. if they didn't know the answer, say it and we'd make it work. It was amazing how things changed because what they'd been told before, I don't know the answer, move on. You know, Mark says, I don't know. Okay, Billy, what's the answer? Yeah. They was, wouldn't, it's like, Mark, you don't know? Really, why not? Yeah. What, what do you think it might be? What, what, are you thinking about something else? Me, why yeah, are you not All here? that stuff. Yeah. It was so much fun to do it. And it was like, God, I wish I had learned that when uh, I first started teaching. I think you answered a couple of my questions without me even asking. Uh, say craziest teaching moments. I think you already got some of those. Do you got any more? Craziest, craziest teaching oh, moments. Shit. I got to remember. Think ones I can actually get to. <laughs> or, or just, or just uh, crazy life moments that happen to happen when you're in class, which you already kind of said yeah. one of them. Yeah, I, um, I had actually one was kind of cool. It came from uh, I'm probably the I'm probably the teacher that was called in the principal's office more than any students that I ever had. Really? Yeah. When I, I think adults, you sent me to the principal's <laughs> office less than any other teacher well, sent probably, me. Well, probably, because we hung out together. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> smoked fine. crack together, Mark. What do yeah, you mean? Yeah, you you <laughs> taught me how to do it. Exactly. The whole light bulb movement exactly. and everything. I, we had to learn something. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was, um, I guess we just lost my life. Yeah, life crack joke life. threw yeah, you off. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Tripped yeah. down memory lane. you got to yeah, come back. Oh, Mr. Gullickson was Warren Gullickson. Okay. And when he wanted to see the office, it would always say, see me, WG. I got so many damn see me, WGs. And I'd walk in, he goes, Lucas, did you? Yeah, I sure did. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but I was, it was the first year I was there, I was directing a play. And down one of the hallways was this huge metal chain link gate so that the kids couldn't get into the other part of the school. Yeah. All right. And so I always thought, Play is for the kids. It's not for the parents, which that's another long story I could talk about. I'm so tired of <laughs> all the fucking theater and Fargo more. It's like, oh, let's have the parents involved. Parents, yeah. that's your job. No. Class, stay the fuck out of my theater, all right? Yeah, let but the anyway, let the kids yeah. do the theater. So anyway, we did a play, and so we had the, the cast party in the school. Instead of, again, why spend a gazillion dollars? Bring cupcakes, chips, pop. You know, I'll stay here. You guys get all wired. Well, we had a, a rolling wooden table kind of thing with all the mats stuck up because we used it for a fall. That was mine, sorry. That's all good. We used it I mean, for... I mean, we put ours on yeah, silent, but we used whatever. It for, we used it for a fall yeah. in um, the show. So, anyway, um, the kids, I was on the stage and they thought, let's push it up and down the hallways. And, you know. So, all of a sudden, I'm in there. I, the kids come, uh, what's wrong? Uh, come and look. They had rammed it into the chain link fence and ripped it out of the wall <laughs> of the hallway. I'm a new teacher. Yeah. I got two First options. Year. First year. First year. Tell the principal <laughs> or try and fix it and never mention it again. <laughs> so I don't I went back to so the you shop. Went with the ladder. I went with the shop and I found anything I could. I pulled the plate off. I'm jamming stuff in the there's a big hole in the wall. Anything I can jam in there, put the plate back over, screw it in, and then bring it and the the lock wasn't in right, so I just kind of put it in and made sure that I was there when school started the next day when the custodian was there to make sure it unlocked it and got it working. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Never once told him that. So he's like, like what are you waiting for? Nothing. Just yeah, nothing, keep doing your it's thing. It's open. It's good. Okay. But yeah, that was, I thought I was going to lose my job on that one. And then another fun one was uh, teaching, um, oh, the mythology. And, oh, cool. And one thing with teachers that, actually, we did a, the Odyssey. You guys remember the Odyssey? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had my students write, rewrite the play, and we videotaped it on the MCOMs. Oh, that's cool. And then for when the, uh, when Charybdis, the whirlpool, 
we took a bunch of action wrestling figures and flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> that was horrendous. <laughs> but so it's um, a low budget there. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we were doing um, uh, some mythology, and there was a show. God, I can't remember the name of it, but it was Poseidon or something. But it was a mythological show. I watched the whole show. Yeah. The whole damn show. Except for the last three minutes when I went to get a soft drink. Yeah. So, that was cool. So I take it to school. And I'm showing it to my ninth graders. We're loving everything's great. I'm sitting there watching. So the last three minutes. Yeah, the young lady climbs out of the pool. Yeah. She's bare ass naked. I, I, I saw that coming. I was like, it's gonna be boobs. And I'm it? sitting there. There was her butt. It was just all there. And I'm going, I've just lost my job. I'm <laughs> just gonna get fired. And I swear, I watched the whole thing. And so I shut off, and the kids were like, Ugh. So I went into Mr. Golson. I said, Mr. Golson, if you got, I understand what you got to do, but here's what happened. I watched it this weekend to make sure it was fine. That last three minutes I didn't watch, and this is what happened. What are we going to do? He said, well, let's just wait and see if we get any phone calls. <laughs> Never got a but phone call. But of course, call. no one's going to go, like, I, yeah, I hey, like, I saw a butt. They'd yeah, be like, what? Yeah, yeah right. so they don't want to rat so on themselves they, so they never, seeing the butt. They never told, and I got away with it. Uh, all right, uh, believe it or not, we're, we're doing pretty good on time, uh, so let's... We're not. Uh, we're, let's move. We've been dealing with teaching a lot. I know you got a lot more stories. I have a lot more questions. But yeah. let's move over to performing. Okay. So uh, you uh, mentioned that your dad was an artist. Uh, did that bring into you immediately going into something to to? Ex- did I that have anything? My to do dad. With it? Had, my dad had nothing to do with anything really? I ever did. Of, of expressing yourself. No. It wasn't like he did it. I can. No. no you nothing. just. It was. My it was dad's. Strictly... My dad's job was to go to work, come home, eat supper, and tell us no. Mm. That was all he well, That's did. about right. That was it. Hey, at my, least your dad came home. Huh? Yeah, there you go. Now, my mom, what happened was she was an English teacher, and in Kentucky, okay. English teachers did all the plays. Yeah. So from the time I was like six or seven, mom directed the senior play. So that and I would had sit a lot there on the stage and so I'd she watch was teaching it. and directing, which was yeah. two of the things you did yeah, <laughs> forever. Thing. And, yeah. yeah, and I never once thought I would do it. It's just kind of seemed natural, mm-hmm. and so I spent a lot of time, you know, watching plays and doing that, and sit there with her because I was the youngest. We we didn't do babysitters back then; you just took your kids with you. Yeah. And so I spent. I I still remember where the kids would get mad at me. They were seniors because they'd forget their lines, and I'd give them their cue because I learned them from just sitting there. Yeah. And mom, shut up! But they kind of liked me, so it was cool. But so my theater came from mom. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, cool. Right. And then. Uh, juggling teaching and theater how was that was that super difficult because i guess you can do for me for her for you as a a drama of trying to perform while you're teaching okay well that was that wasn't too bad because i didn't start performing full-time until after tucker and brianna were okay out of school so you got you got parenting out of the way yeah no what and again that was the one thing and and I, i really it was a cool story i've had a Quite a few kids that are really pretty sharp, but I had another student who uh, um, came from a broken home. Tucker and Brianna divorced from their, from their mom, but uh, he gave me one of the biggest compliments because I always said to someone, you know, I would have loved to have done theater full time or whatever, but I chose to have kids, yeah, and I enjoyed teaching. And when I make that choice, they're mine for life. Mm-hmm. And I I would have probably stayed with teaching anyway, but I taught did that. And it was so cool because this was a kid who I had in ninth grade, and then as a senior, he came up to me and he said, Mr. Lucas, you know the neatest thing about you? I was like, no, I really didn't think there was much at all. <laughs> you know? And he said, 
you love your kids and you let every one of us know that. I oh. thought, that's awesome. It's weird that you he know? picked up on that. Yeah, though, yeah. And it was because, again, I didn't talk about them a lot, mm-hmm. but they knew. Another reason why people say, why'd you stick with middle school, junior high? Because I was done with my rehearsals at 5.30. Yeah. I wasn't staying in a the theater until 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night when my kids were young. It's like, no, I want to be with them. So you did a large... Did you you direct anything now since you've... Uh, other than kids, you've directed yeah. adults yeah, and everything? Directed, uh, and it's all the same? They're all just still idiots who don't know their lines and just yell at them? Yeah, it's, it actors are the same. And, yeah. that's, and that's another reason why I started acting again. Yeah. Because as a director, you get so frustrated... And as actors, you get frustrated with the director, but you really don't understand acting until you direct. And yeah. the reason for that is, is when you're an actor, all you know is your viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, if Mark, if you're my director, you're telling me to do something, I may be hearing it, but I'm filtering it through my, yeah. all I know. But you know what you're hoping to see. Mm-hmm. And then I show you something else. Yeah. So now you see two different things. I never knew that until I started directing. And so then I would tell an actor something, and then they would do something different a lot of times it was better than what I was thinking, yeah. you know, but once I saw that, it's like, wow, it opened up the whole stage to me instead of being just focused as an actor. Yeah. Um, but also what I've learned is if I'm an actor, I keep my mouth shut. I never say a word to another actor on stage. I never say a word to the director. Yeah. After rehearsal's over, I might go say, can I talk to him? Yeah. But that's the other thing. If I'm the director. But you don't talk back or anything when you're acting. No. no. I just let, say, well, let them, yeah, let them direct. Yeah. I yeah. just, I just tell them, you know, like if I'm a director and the first thing if actors, if they try to help each other, I say, stop. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll help them. You worry about yours. Yeah. And then if you want to come and ask me a question afterwards. Yeah. But nothing infuriates me more as a director than to have actors trying to help each second other. director yeah, that you didn't I hire. Always, yeah, because when I was a football coach, I coached three years at Penn and three years at Discovery. And when you coach middle school football, the, the parents are right next to you. Yeah, and that's And that sucks. Horrible. All right, yeah. so I want, I mean, again, I don't put the, what's up. I'm sitting there, I'm coaching, I'm calling plays, and this parent is just going nuts, and I'm getting pissed and pissed. Finally, this father says something, I just called, time out, took my whistle off, I said, hey, buddy, you want to coach? Yeah. Get over up. here. Yeah. Here's the whistle, I'm done. And he got real quiet, I said, I'll take care of it from here. Put my whistle back on. Yeah, and well, and that's another... Uh, I'm trying to remember what actor... I was listening to a podcast where uh, somebody was talking to an actor and the guy was saying the difference between writing or directing yeah. uh, like a movie, but, you know, right. uh, the same thing as performances. And acting is... Directing a movie, it's you have a baby that you're trying to raise mm-hmm. with a bunch of drunk uncles around. Okay. And then... An actor is your drunk uncle who gets to hang out with a baby and then beat the crap out of it and then leave okay. and you don't because an actor can do whatever he wants for that bit right. and it's not actually as important to them as right. the director oh. has to worry about yes. everything. Right. But also, you don't get to raise your child completely. You have to have those drunk uncles. Yes, exactly. And that's and that yeah. makes directing just seem so... Yeah. Directing, yeah, is, is, directing is, to me, so hard because of the things you can't control, mm-hmm. but along with the things that you're supposed to be able to control. Yeah. Like my favorite, and I would hear this every time, is when I, you know, and I, again, whether I work with elementary, middle school, high school, college, or adults, yeah. I've directed people as old as 85. Yeah. Okay. I have not had a show where someone didn't speak too softly. Okay. They just don't project enough. Mm-hmm. And I say it over and over again. I tell them, project and enunciate. I don't care how good of an actor you are, if the audience doesn't yeah, understand you, not it's gonna, no good. Yeah, if De Niro's so whispering, no one cares. I yeah. swear to God, 
I have never done a show where someone hasn't come up and they say, Bill, I really enjoyed the show, but, you know, do you think you can have those actors talk a little louder? And I'll, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. <laughs> what, Thank you. you. you it didn't cross my mind. It never crossed my mind to say, guys, can you speak up? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And some of them think I'm really serious, but I just, you know, it is. I mean, I can't control once it's on stage. Yeah. Now, if I'm directing a movie, I can sweeten the sound or I can well, do whatever. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. But yeah. theater is just like a football game, except you can't stop and call timeout and call. No, not it's at like, all. It's like once they start, I'm just can't, can't call anything. a line at all. Yeah, I, yeah, and I can't do anything. Well, I so always think what happens. I thought of that of of the few plays I did. Both of you guys yeah. have done a lot more plays than I have, but both I don't. Even I don't remember seeing the director at all, except for like two seconds before the actual performance and two seconds yeah, after, right. because it's no longer it's him, theirs. it's me, which yep. is probably super terrifying well, for you because the whole time yeah. you'd be like, "Do you remember that? Know what I yeah. told you last well, week? Damn yeah, it!" Right. And what I tell my actors is also, and every director is different, but I tell my actors once the last dress rehearsal is over, mm-hmm. I tell them, "Guys, it's your shows now. It's not mine anymore. I'm not going to come in and give you more notes or change and get you all. Yeah. It's your show." Now, the one thing, and, and I think they appreciate that, because I've had directors that would stay through a whole run and try and make changes. Oh, like, after you already did one like, show? You know, okay. But anyway, everybody's different. But here's the thing that I was taught, and I think it's true. A play is the actor's medium. Mm-hmm. TV is a writer's medium. Yeah, and, and a movie is, is the director's, director's medium. medium. Yeah, I've you heard see that. It, you can see that, because the director can, I mean, they like you see a show that the actors did whatever, and if you actually saw them act, it probably wasn't very good, but the mm-hmm. editor and the, well, the editor made it look a lot can, better. can either fix it or just do whatever oh, they want exactly. with it. I, you can take a performance of me talking about cheese, and an editor can make it talking about my, my dad's death. Exactly. They, they can yeah. just change it oh, around. Oh, they can. Yeah. And so that's the type of stuff. So that's why when, when someone gets best actor for a movie, I'm like, I would love to see their, their, uh, off takes on that because it probably took 20 takes to get something like I did a commercial one time uh, for Laney's and I did it in one take mm-hmm. and they looked around like are we done and yeah we got it and they said, well let's do one more just in case and I never understood why they were upset well I won't mention the athlete but it was yeah. a silver medal athlete from North Dakota <coughs> boxer um, I won't say who it was but that person was doing the same commercial two weeks earlier and it took them 42 takes Jesus and so Jesus. again, once you got the good one, there was a the good one. Yeah. Okay, so to me, yeah, you've got to be pretty awesome when you are on stage because it is just you and the audience. Mm-hmm. There is no well, lifeline. There's no lifeline. Well, know, then you also you got to stop. Uh, I just forgot my line just a second. Well, then also mistakes will happen oh, too. So you got to learn how to do that. Oh, like, I love it. I've forgotten lines and ad-libbed a different line that worked, but at the same time then one actor Caught on and just kept yeah. going. Another actor was like, "Oh yeah, and he didn't say the line yeah, exactly. though." And just froze. And that's what I like about live theater because weird things happen. And yeah. again, and it's part of if you know the show well enough, and you know what your character is supposed to do. Yeah, you'll get back to it. I mean, it's scary at times, but you just go with it. And for me, I uh, I'm probably I'm sick that way. I love it when something goes wrong. It goes wrong because it it's like, all right, guys, yeah, what, how are you gonna like, fix okay. this? Well, I was doing a dial in for murder. I watched it. Did you see yeah, it when me, the door wouldn't uh, open? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't think I remember. Oh, I, I went with my wife remember. and her mom, 
And this is over in Island Park, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, you'd remember it because everybody reminds me <laughs> it was either opening night or the second night, and that shows kind I, of it must a, not have been that. That one. shows kind of a serious show. I mean, yeah, it's kinda. not. I mean, yeah. some that's right. It's definitely well, not comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. right when I'm as Chief Inspector Hubbard getting ready to nail this sucker, all of a sudden, someone tries to get the door, and the door won't open. And that's the main door where he's got to end up to finish the whole scene, and it won't open. Uh, and so he goes over, and he's going like this, he can't get it open. And I turn around and walk over, and I, well, sir, I think I'll exit through this uh, kitchen, if you don't mind. And, and I walked out, and then he left through the kitchen, because he knew how to get the hell out of there. <laughs> he gave him, yeah. Hey, so he came up with a new yeah, door. A new hey, there's a door in the kitchen. Yeah, there's a door in the kitchen. What is that? So I came in the front, because I had to come in, the door still wasn't ready. Yeah. So I acted like I came in through the front of the stage, which was a garden, I decided. So I came in that way. <laughs> and then while the two of us are performing, all of a sudden you hear, BAM! And one of the tech guys slammed the door open with his shoulder because it really had to be open because you remember how it ends with him opening and the yep. lights on him yep. and you're nailed. Well, we didn't have the door to happen. And so I'm still doing this here. Bam! I just kept going. He was like, ah! I thought it was fun. So it's That's time. pretty good. No, I definitely didn't see that performance. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, didn't, anyway. I didn't go and watch it, though. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a fun show. Nice little, nice little show. Yeah. Um, okay. So you retired, I think, a year after I was done. I okay, think you retired, retired. For, or at least from Ben. You stopped teaching yeah. drama at Ben, and right. then I think I saw you yeah. again in high school subbing temporarily. Yep, yep. Um, what that was when I. That's when I failed. Okay. I went to Florida, and then failed, you came and back. came back. Lived in some a friend of mine's basement because I had no place to live. Oh, lived fun. in a basement and got it. And I uh, substitute taught for about six months. Yeah, and then I had. I just remember your mood was so somber compared to like what you were when I was yeah, used no. to teaching. And I, I was asking, we were just trying to, yeah. you know, bullshit. And you're like, it's just temporary. And you said it like four times. Yeah, temporary. right. And I was like, oh man, you need a hug? I know it's illegal for me to right. hug you, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I I mean, it was so bad that I couldn't even go to a stop and go and see kids standing outside. I'd get the shakes. Mm -hmm. If I walked to a, a convenience store and I'd see kids, I'd get the shakes. Wow, so I, it was I, that so, bad. Yeah, it was. And so the fact that I ever, uh, you know, ended up going to see a, uh, psychiatrist and was diagnosed bipolar and I uh, do the meds I went to therapy and it did wonders for me and I got back to teaching and I think my last six years were very very successful so so you went. ran by that really quick you okay. got diagnosed as bipolar yep. and then you went back yep what happened was when I failed in Florida and just curled up in fetal position Jeez. and had it I thought I only know people back here so I came back here I went to see a psychiatrist yeah, and, uh, she was awesome, and she she was one of those that she wasn't cocky, but this was in September, and I said I can't ever teach again. I can't even see kids. And, and she said, was, we'll get you and going. She, she said, I'll have you teach them by March. Wow, and, and did I was you? Like, well, this is the funny part. After about a month with her, I thought I could probably sub. I can go in for a day and go out, go in and go out. In March of that year, a teacher left Discovery for a different job. And they called me in March to go take that reading job. Wow. And it was okay. the same month she said I could teach. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. this. And the kids in Read, 80, Read 180, they were kids that struggled. So they mm -hmm. they were some tough kids. And, and you, that, you probably needed that class, too, of that class that you felt a lot more important than mm -hmm. just the guy who gets to hear yes. those messed up things. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so did the, so she put you on a bunch of medication? Or? Yeah, what I did is I'm still on it now. I take three meds. I take clonazepam, I take Zoloft, and I take um, Lamictal. Jeez. And I just drink beer. Yeah. And basically, and again, like I said, I, 
I know some people that have a hard time, but I just always say it's part of who I am. I if I had no mistaken, clue that you got any diagnosis right. like that, so you must hold it well because I always thought that you were yeah, fine. Right. <laughs> like, no, not that that's no, not no. fine. Yeah, but. no, no. I think what I had, what it did, it was uh, as I got older, I realized that um, I'd had it for such a long time, but I learned to deal with it. Whereas on my highs, that's where most of the kids would see me at school, Mr. Lucas on a high, da 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 da. But when I would crash, it would be real low. Well, okay. that's when you would go to see a doctor, and they would say, oh, you're depressed. I wasn't depressed. You were just I was bipolar. Your... I, was yeah. my, I was on my sure. low. So anyway, uh, there was an old drug they used to use. They still did something called lithium, mm-hmm. which is a very dangerous drug because they have to really watch your blood and stuff and do some things with it. So when I was diagnosed, uh, she said uh, one, like, um, it's called uh, Zoloft. Very, very mild. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like nothing for yeah. depression. I think she mixed that with Lamictal, and I think that's for helping to balance out the depression. And then the one that kind of scared me, but it's fine, was clonazepam, and it's a psychotropic. Okay. And so of those three together, it's a cocktail that basically, I still get sad when I'm sad. I'm happy, H-A-P-P-Y, I'm happy, but I don't have... Your lows aren't as low and your highs aren't as high. And they don't come out of nowhere. Okay. I mean, it used to be like, I thought, and I started looking back in high school, I can remember driving to school, being as depressed as I'll get out, Mm. and 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, everything's great. It's like, where's this coming from? So now, if I I get depressed, uh, but I stay on my meds, and I know, again, people that don't do meds and still make it work, Good for them. Yeah, people if they that, can do it, they people, can do it. Yeah, people that do do meds, whatever. I've always just said, because I take a holistic approach to some things, and I take a medical approach to others. And I yeah. just figured use both of them. But all I know is that I couldn't even see middle school kids at a stop and go. And after working with her and doing the meds, you I went back to a classroom. Yeah, that, so it's that's... Like, so it's like, yeah, That's not a normal yeah. thing, so, especially somebody um, who's been around kids for that, that long. Yeah. If you are afraid of kids, that's not a normal not thing. No. So yeah. again, so uh, that's what's, um, I, I really like the fact, I'm not happy that I'm bipolar, but I'm happy that I can talk about it mm-hmm. because it gives me, it gave me something with students who are struggling. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't go around and meet someone and say, hey, I'm Bill Lucas, I'm bipolar. Yeah. But if a conversation comes up like this, mm-hmm. I'm more than willing to talk about it. Because being diagnosed and getting the proper medication and the proper therapy, uh, other than the fact that I'm a doorknob, I think I've had a pretty successful <laughs> well, life since. Then. And also, you have to you have to accept yeah. what you are if you're gonna that you want to throw denial on top of it. Right. That's not exactly. a good idea. Exactly. Um, and uh, besides that, did you have any other problems, heart problems, or other things like that, or is it? Usually, oh, medical I think problems? I heard oh, I had something once. I had a stroke on stage. That's what it was. Yeah. I know I heard a, it was either a heart attack or a stroke story. Yeah, I, heard yeah, I was on stage on my 53rd birthday. Jeez. And doing a show. And you had a stroke. Doing a farce. So a then you, you just kept doing the same act yeah. over and over again. No, and so it was yeah. like, wait a no, second, let's get on with the break. What's funny, what happened was, uh, actually I probably had a mini stroke the week before and didn't know it. Because I kind of got fuzzy and my arm got numb and I thought it was just a pinched nerve yeah and so I kind of went off stage that would have scared me immediately and he started coming back it's like oh probably that but it felt weird so then the next week it was a Friday night my birthday and Tucker and Brian were there to see the show and it was about two minutes left before the first act was over and all of a sudden he's holding me and I can't get words out of my mouth and all of a sudden my peripheral vision just goes I can't see and my arm goes like this 
And again, I'm going, this is a really weird pinch of nerves. Yeah. But I got my language back and I said it. And then we walked off stage. I was like, what happened? What happened? Oh, I think it's a pinch of nerve. So I sat there. I did the second act. I had to hold a gun. Jeez. So I did the second act like this and going through it. And I still couldn't see out of this side. And so we got out of the show. I got in line to say thanks for coming. Tucker Brandon came up. I said, guys, we got to go to the hospital. And oh. so we got a quick picture. Went to the hospital. They did a ultrasound and this was clogged my, this crowd already and pieces were breaking off and going to my brain which was called the blood. yeah yeah and the reason why I lost the vision in my eye was a piece of uh, cholesterol broke off and went towards my eye and it exploded before it got to the optic nerve good god so that'll never come back so right now Jeez. I can't see here at all wow I can start seeing here but the coolest thing was for the last six years I've been doing plays I couldn't remember lines. I couldn't memorize lines. I would get them and they'd really struggle. And Jeez. I couldn't get it and I felt, it's like I'm not doing more shows because I can't remember simple lines. And that's something that you've been doing your entire, yes. yeah, so and, that was just and really so hit I felt hard. terrible, well, so I've done about four shows since then I really sucked and I felt bad for the directors. Well, then this last show I did at um, FMCT, it was Calendar Girls, mm. and I, I played a real small part, but it was the first time in seven years six years, seven years, I walked out on stage, I knew what everybody was doing, I knew my part, I it was like their a crystallizing. Part. It was, well, what hey. happened was my brain, because this is still clogged, something went wrong in this artery, so I've only worked on three out of four. All right, this one's clogged. And I said, what happens if another one goes clogged? They said, we just won't talk about that. So this one's still clogged. But what happened is enough of the blood flow and stuff has changed and moved that my brain is actually almost working at full capacity again. So I understand lines. I can memorize So when you did an M for Murder, was this during all that time where it was really hard to remember? Well, I had no clue. Yeah, you know what? You want to hear the, the secret? <laughs> sure, what? I, it was written on the guy in front of you? No, it was written on my detective's book. Really? When I was taking all my notes. Oh, I was just wow. Page to page. I didn't even and, catch that. And again, no one would because it fit my and character. And did, was the director saying, no, you can't do that? Um, no, he, he was basically the director. Because uh, you still did a good performance. Well, it's not like you were going, no, and. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, I knew the show. Yeah. And I knew it was supposed to happen. So basically, it was so I was giving them their proper cues. I mean, so I wasn't doing this. I would just be acting notes and you know I'm flipping act notes but I had to have that because I just couldn't bring it out well and it was the next show when all of a sudden the whole thing blossomed again mm -hmm. so now I can memorize again which is really cool after seven years that's awesome uh, and we're running out of time and I okay. want to do the note and we got about 10-13 minutes left okay. uh, and I remember you bringing it up when I was man it was in high school we were doing something with acting and you were there I can't okay. remember what it was and I heard this. Were you doing like uh, corporate gigs? Were you uh, uh, like motivational stuff to yeah, get businesses together? And you still yeah. do that? Is yeah. that mostly what you're doing? That's right mostly now? what I do right now. Yeah, I just came back from Medora doing one, and basically what it Those is. Those must be just super fun. It's just it's like uh, it's like team building, right? Of get that's the, one word I won't let them use. Oh good God! No, sorry. No, seriously. Here's the, <laughs> no, here's the deal. Because of all the years as a teacher. I took all the shit that I hated in those mm -hmm. damn meetings they made us go to, and I do the opposite. That's a good guy. So yeah. one, if I so if no more is, standardized testing. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I mean, when they come to when they come to one of my workshops, they never mention team building. I said we're not doing that. There's no role playing. We yeah. don't do that. 
They have no overhead. There's no computer. There's no notes. There's no papers. There's no bottom it's line. It's just us. Yeah. And I get them up. I don't make them act. We do activities and basically do improv activities. Yep. But what happens is we'll do an activity for me to make a point. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, and I've done this with businessmen in three-piece business suits. I've yeah. done it with on Sanibel Island, Florida. So, with so you get like folks. the CEOs with All the male guys oh, yeah. and everything? All of them. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. why I love the best to get the most together. And so like there's one activity play called the screen game. And in the screen game, everybody looks down the floor in a circle. I say one, two, three. On three, you look up. If you're looking at someone, they're looking directly at you, you get to scream. And you step out and sit down. Dang. Of course, the circle gets yeah. smaller and smaller, so you're down to one or two people. Yeah. And they're all laughing and joking, and it's the opening when I do, because they just relax. It, it's and an icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. But then again, I say, okay, what? And then I go, then, then there's my lesson coming up. I said, so what's what did you do? And oh, we screamed. We had fun. I said, what did you have to do first? And they said, well, we had to look at each other. I said, now, here's your first secret. Scientifically prove it. That if you look at someone with full eye contact, you automatically become more intelligent in their eyes. Wow. I said, that's one. Two, if you give eye contact to someone, they automatically think they're more important in your eyes. Yeah. So I said, I could have put two little eyeballs looking at each other on a picture and laughed at it. Yeah. But you played this game activity, it focused in. So I said, when you're talking to someone, I don't want you looking over their shoulder. Mm -hmm. I don't want you looking up here because eye contact is so important. And so we do that activity which teaches the lesson I want. And so that's my whole thing is I'll do, I mean, I've got 15, 20, 30 activities. And it's funny, if I go to Bell State Bank, we do activities. If I go to a teacher's group, we're doing games. It's the same thing. But we do, there is nothing but us doing stuff. Uh, there's no computer to go bad. I hate it when a prof an instructor, they always go, the computer goes bad. Oh, I don't know anything about computers, so I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Don't use a fucking computer if you know anything about them. Yeah. You know, I hate that. So it's just me and the people. I know people. And it's soft skills. And people pay me way more money than I thought they would to do it. Yeah, I'm just going to say, you could probably charge a lot for that kind of... And oh, it's, yeah. It's, and you're essentially doing the same thing you did for the... Not even... Throughout yes. our, you did the, the same thing we did in yes. the first day. Oh, oh yeah. It's our opening drama class. It is. Class. Oh, that's what it is. That's I, what that was. My workshops are basically the first opening three weeks of my ninth grade drama. That's, that's what they are. And, and they pay you way more than we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I do. I, I just got my biggest gig that I can't believe that I got it. But I'll say this. When I do only for the Red Hawks all summer long, yeah. I make about $1,500. Okay? Yeah. This last gig that I did, I made... More than that, and I worked for an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a little, good, little, good work if you it's a little higher it. than minimum wage. Yeah, yeah it's, just, a little, just, <laughs> it's a little. But then again, I also though do them for free. Yeah. Because okay. what I did, what happens is, I say this is my rate. What's your budget? Unless mm -hmm. it's corporate, like Rape Abuse Crisis Center, I go in there for free. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. The public school, I won't because they have money for yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You know? But if it's a true nonprofit. I make the money on the other ones, so I can do a freebie for yeah, them. Yeah, and why not? And I love it. And I they, bet you have fun doing oh, them. They're I, not oh, work. Oh, no, we have a blast. We yeah, laugh. I yeah. tell a single joke, and we laugh our butts off. Yeah. It's hilarious. That's <laughs> you know, funny. And, and it's like being a rock star, because if I do a workshop more than once for someone, you know how if you go to see a band that you love, and they don't play that one song you like, you get mm -hmm. pissed? Well, mm -hmm. they do, if I don't do one of the activities that they like so much... Yeah. You didn't do that. We're it was like, so I try and change it up a little bit, yeah. you know. We're doing improv, but we didn't do the question game. Oh, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's it. You know, <laughs> the one they like the most is uh, that is um, 
what are you doing? They love that one. If mm-hmm. I don't do it, they get pissed, so I do it. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, let's just chat for another couple minutes. Okay. So, uh, you mostly have been doing that since you got done with retirement. What do you do just for fun? You watch movies, TV, you, you um, follow all I the... Do a, I do a lot of reading. I've been doing a lot of plays. I've okay. performed more than I ever performed. In the last in, couple of years? In the last few years, I've been in about five plays. Jeez. Um, I, the, my day is like this, which is awesome. Because yeah. people say, what do you do since you retired? I say whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but basically, I don't set an alarm. Yep. Unless I have a workshop. That sounds amazing. So whenever I wake up, I go to my office, which is Moxie Java in Moorhead. Yep. So if you're here, I'm you at my me. office. Come to Moxie, yeah, Moxie Java. Java. I get a coffee. They know what coffee I get. They set it out there for me. They get the same thing every That's time. That's awesome. I take the newspaper and read it by the fireplace. Are they going to start charging and, your rent? No, because I tip them real well. Oh, there I'm you a go. I'm good tipper. And <laughs> so then go. I go from the fireplace up to the back where my computer's set up. I spend about two hours just blinking around Jeez. on the computer, and then I go home and decide what my day is going to be. My my <laughs> sister's got a restaurant in Fort Ransom, and I've been I've been try I've been working out there on the weekends because I work at American Crystal Sugar, and I took this summer off. I've been going nonstop for six years. Mm-hmm. I want to take the summer off. Sure, I've been enjoying it, and yeah. so I'm going out there to make extra money, just you know, serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, all day yeah. for like uh, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and most of Saturday. But anyways, I've noticed how retired uh, half that more than half that town's retired people. Okay, sure. Retired people are teenagers. Oh yeah. I'm not even, they're oh. loitering constantly. Oh, yeah. They they're they're inappropriate yeah. because they don't care they anymore. They don't care anymore. What are you, you know? gonna do? And they're just like oh, uh, and it's like you guys are like I I have to shoo them off the porch when it's oh, like guys. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to the best day when you're retired huh. or the best time of the of the week? Sunday night. Yeah. I love Sunday night. Why? Because I'm not getting up for work on Monday. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. everybody else. Better go to sleep early. Oh, Wait, I oh, don't have Exactly. To. <laughs> I look on Facebook and they're going, oh, Sunday night. The weekend's over. And I just always type, what's a weekend? Yeah. Just I, I love those. That's a beautiful thing. I, I, had a, I had a guy, boss, who I hope I can get on this podcast one day, um, who worked at the factory for 40 years. Uh-huh. So uh, worked his way up before automation, yep. all the way through automation. Sure. Crazy stories, I bet that guy can say. And he doesn't work there anymore, so he can legally say them now. Oh, yeah. So that's even better. But he, the joke he made at his little small retirement gig that uh, that our shift happened to be on, so we're go- we snuck over and stole cake and then got okay. back to our sure. work. And he made the joke of, there's two things you need working when you retire, and it's your wife and your car. Was the joke he made, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about well, spending any money on a car, and you, yeah, she's well, still making money. Well, so. there you go. Well, I don't have a wife. I do have a car and a motorcycle. Yeah, so and a motorcycle. Good. So you, you got your motorcycle and your car working. So it's kind of the same. You just trade. Yeah, because the, the motorcycle is like a gasoline-powered vibrator. So, yeah, so it works. Who just, needs women? Yeah, I just ride on it. I shake, and you know they rattle around, and I'm like, oh, I think I had sex. I'm not sure. What are you What are you doing on the motorcycle? Stimulated? What are you guys yeah, doing? Yeah. What are you on the motorcycle? Smiling. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Where are you driving? Tell completion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, All right, so, I yeah. think this was a good talk. I think we did pretty good. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna call it. Uh, we I don't know. I'm good. Uh, I, I saw him write something, and if it's important, if Billy writes it, it's important. No. So no, he doesn't oh, write anything. Well, then I guess Billy doesn't matter. He's like two pay is what he wrote. I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah. Kidding. Uh, great talk. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank I, you. Uh, I I really wish we could have gone more because I feel like we barely got to taste. Oh, I didn't even tell you how I buried a 
bulldozer in the Ohio River one night. Yeah, well, you can't legally say that story, but uh, no, the women, the girls were of age. No, we, we had to, we had to, well, we had to get the side of the river plowed so we could have a party that night with a few young ladies. And there you go. Let's just say the bulldozer went into the Ohio River and we had to pull it out with two giant tractors. Jesus. Into a, oh wow. Yeah, no, that does sound We're like We're not a talking good story. the red. The red's a pussy. Yeah, river. the red's We're talking a, Ohio. Ohio. You go river. look at the Ohio River. It's hard to bury a bulldozer in there. I'm, I'm used to like small rivers, so red scares me just because it's actually have a current compared to ones creek. you can walk across. The red's a creek. Creek. That's what the fuck it is. <laughs> I'm okay. up here. Uh, this is a good conversation, and I, uh, I'll i talk to you later. I think it was a good one. Sounds like a plan, buddy. Thanks All for right. having me. Yeah. Take care. Okay, there was my conversation with Bill Lucas. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. He's a pretty good guy, and uh, I thought it was a pretty good conversation. And, yeah, so next week I'm going to be talking to the guy who was actually my best man, Billy. He's getting out of town, so I wanted to get a nice conversation with him. So he's not a teacher or business owner. This is literally just my best friend and we're just going to sit down and have a conversation and i hope you guys listen to it i promise you it's a good one so talk to you guys later watch out for scary terry and have a good week and remember another fallout game comes out in a couple months so calm down talk to you guys later